welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week on our podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with listeners just like you all across America. Our goal is to help educate and motivate our audience with these inspirational business stories. All of our guests are people who are absolutely getting it done in West Virginia, and I'm convinced we can all learn a lot from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to learn about Rebecca McPhail and her organization, the West Virginia Manufacturers Association. Rebecca, are you ready to get down to business? I am, Jim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to help uh, share your story about what you're doing in West Virginia. Rebecca McPhail is the president of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association, located in Charleston, West Virginia. Rebecca joined the WVMA as its president in 2013. The West Virginia Manufacturers Association membership represents manufacturers from across the state of West Virginia in a variety of areas. We're going to get into that discussion a little bit later in the show. Rebecca previously served as the president of State Economic Development Organization, Vision Shared. Prior to her work at Vision Shared, she was the assistant vice president of development at Marshall University. Before returning to West Virginia back in 2003, she served as Grant Development and Research Manager and Interim Director of Development for the YMCA of Greater Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio. Rebecca is a graduate of the West Virginia Institute of Technology with a Bachelor's in History and Government. She's a member of the West Virginia Department of Environmental Protection Advisory Council, the West Virginia Early Childhood Development Council. She serves as the chair of the Charleston March for Babies through the March of Dimes and attends church at St. Mark's United Methodist Church. She's a graduate of Leadership West Virginia and was named a 2017 Young Gun by West Virginia Executive Magazine. I invited Rebecca on the show today as a special guest not only to talk about her organization but to give us a little valuable insight into the state of manufacturing in West Virginia and sort of her outlook on what she sees ahead for manufacturing in our great state. Rebecca, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your organization. Um, First, Jim, thank you uh, for what you're doing in in sharing some positive messages. I think um, oftentimes we, we get bogged down by what's um, may be wrong or the challenges that we face as a state, but as I tell my children and I tell um, folks that I meet from different parts of the country and different parts of the world, West Virginia has a lot going for it and a lot of good things are happening. And so this is a great platform um, to share that information. So again, thank you sure. for having me on and giving me an opportunity to do that. You're welcome. Um, a, a, a little bit about uh, the WVMA. As you mentioned, we are a statewide organization. We represent uh, just a little over 190 member companies, and that runs the gamut in terms of manufacturing and and products. 
um, and also geography in our state um, from the tip of the northern panhandle to the eastern panhandle where I spent some time yesterday um, to the southern part of the state. Um, our members make everything from automotive parts to food grade products hmm. uh, to chemicals um, and hardwood products and a little bit of everything in between. So um, there is a lot of diversity in manufacturing in West Virginia, and we're glad to be able to represent the interests of industry and to try to make West Virginia um, a better place to do business and to uh, and for manufacturers to invest and, and ultimately to provide um, great paying jobs for West Virginia citizens. Absolutely, Rebecca. How did how did you get started in this line of work? What what, what drew you into this? Um, well, I, I've always been interested in the political process and government. Um, as you noted in the introduction, um, I majored in history and, and government, uh, yeah. which was a lot of history and political science. <clears throat> um, so that's always been kind of in the backdrop of, of um, what I do and my interest. Um, but um, I, I left West Virginia for a while and um, am pleased to say that I was able to come back uh, spend a little bit of time at Marshall University, as you noted, mm-hmm. working there in advancement and development, and then had an opportunity to kind of move into the economic development space, um, which at the time with Vision Shared including, included some emphasis on policy development. And from the perspective of the WVMA and how I landed here, um, one of our pillars as an association representing manufacturers um, is policy and advocacy work and looking at ways to improve uh, policy to ignite, if you will, investment in manufacturing and and spur job growth. Yeah. Well, I, for one, can say that um, I'm very happy that you came back to West Virginia because we need a strong advocate for manufacturing in West Virginia, just like what you're doing out there. Uh, and so thank you for that. What is, you know, I, I guess I got to say, you know, with West Virginia Manufacturing Association, what's the one thing you're most excited about right now for the for manufacturing in West Virginia? Well, I think our um, relationship with um, the energy industry, in mm. particular, um, natural gas, oil and natural gas, and shale development, mm-hmm. really um, paints a bright picture for the future of manufacturing in West Virginia, um, whether that's chemical manufacturing or petrochemical manufacturing, and uh, the use of shale derivatives to really spur a rebirth of uh, chemical manufacturing in our state and in the broader region. I mean, I think this is something that has the potential not just to lift West Virginia, but as you've seen in Ohio and Pennsylvania can provide an economic boost there. Um, It really positions our um, region to be a leader in chemical production and energy independence and um, really can strengthen the overall economy. So I think um, that's that's a bright spot. That's something that everyone is excited about. That's something that we'll focus on next month in, in Morgantown at, yeah. at an eighth annual conference that we host there on 
uh, downstream uh, manufacturing related to shale development. So I think that's something that, um, you know, we're kind of at that tipping point and, and things are about to start happening. Yeah, absolutely. That's, of course, April 8th and 9th, the 8th Annual Natural Gas Expo, and that's with Wavonga and I, Ioga and uh, West Virginia Manufacturers Association has been putting that on for the last eight years. So uh, a little shameless plug for, for that event, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to check that out as well. It's going to be an amazing opportunity, I think, to, you know, like you said, advocate for for manufacturing, especially in the uh, you know the natural gas uh, development uh, arena, right? Yep, absolutely. Great. And you know, <clears throat> Jim, it may be um, it might it might be great to start out too with just kind of a rundown of where we are yeah. um, as an industry. Absolutely. I, I don't know that everyone realizes that the manufacturing industry is the largest um, industry employer in uh, West Virginia right now with, with some 48,000 um, direct jobs in manufacturing um, among nearly 1,100 manufacturing companies. So you can see our membership is, is a, a portion of, of the actual companies that are doing business in West Virginia. Um, but in addition to that 48,000 jobs, um, there's a, there are indirect jobs um, supporting services, vendors, and firms um, that equal an additional 200,000. So you're looking at a quarter of a million West Virginians um, that are working um, and employed because of manufacturing in our economy. And we're seeing growth um, in those direct jobs, which will, you know, again, multiply um, across the board into more for the state. Yep, absolutely. So Rebecca, just give you give us a little sense of that. All right, are we are you talking about you know the Toyota uh, manufacturing of the world uh, down in Putnam County, for instance, and, and the jobs that they're creating there? Is it the small mom and pop, three or four person operation? Is, are you seeing, you know, talk a little bit about the the nature of that? I think it's all of the above, Jim. Um, Last week, uh, just last week, Toyota announced uh, an expansion, um, an investment of $111 million in its West Virginia operation, um, which means more than 120 uh, new jobs at the Buffalo plant you know, in the Eastern Panhandle, and these are kind of the the big guys, right? In the Mm -hmm. Eastern Panhandle, um, Procter & Gamble is up and running um, and still growing is it's a perfect example of how manufacturing clusters can develop Um, Mm -hmm. in addition to Procter & Gamble at that site in Martinsburg um, you have two additional manufacturers and suppliers that are making um, you know the components that they need whether it's bottles or caps or Mm -hmm. packaging uh, for the products being manufactured at P&G uh, nearby in the eastern panhandle, the Rockwool plant um, that mm-hmm. is now under construction, despite you know what what has been very unwarranted negative attention the plant's receiving from some, it's a hundred and fifty million dollar investment that will create just about one hundred and fifty good paying jobs in the state. So the bottom line is that after the last several years of policy successes and hard work, our business climate is improving, and that's attracting some manufacturing investment. 
you know, and on the smaller side or even existing companies, um, you know, we're seeing more and more job openings. We're getting more and more inquiries from smaller companies that maybe don't have the brand recognition of a Procter & Gamble or a Toyota that say, hey, we need, you know, a couple CNC operators. Um, we need some machinists. We need a welder. Um, you know, we partnered with RCBI back in the summer uh, to do a survey of, of small to mid-sized manufacturers and found pretty quickly um, a thousand openings um, that were going unfilled uh, for manufacturing jobs. So, you know, those types of opportunities are on the rise. And now West Virginia is really grasping the idea of educating and training our um, students and our, our um, working age adults uh, to take advantage of that. Yeah. So what you're in, assess, in essence talking about there is like the, the workforce pipeline development, right? You know, you've got these community and technical colleges, you've got, you know, post-secondary education, bringing all that together to, to fill a need for these manufacturing jobs that are coming. Is that, is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. And, and I think it's establishing um, a workforce pathway, you know, we, we at the WVMA a few years ago started an education foundation, and, and our focus has been programming in middle schools, for instance, to really bring to light the types of opportunities that are available uh, for manufacturing careers, but to take that a step further and help West Virginia students identify the pathways to get to those careers, whether it's career and tech education at the high school level um, or post-secondary training and certificates or apprenticeships, um, all the way into community and technical colleges and four-year programs. So, um, you know, we started that, as I said, back in 2014, and as part of our effort on the WVMA side is have advocated um, for those types of policies, um, like Senate Bill 1 that passed the legislat uh, legislature this session that provides last-dollar funding for community and technical colleges um, for, certain, for certain qualified individuals in West Virginia, and that's a great step forward. Yeah. So, so to me, what you're saying there, I'm going to try to boil this down because you, you said a lot there, is basically there's opportunity. These manufacturing companies that are, that are existing, they're expanding, growing in, into West Virginia, creating jobs. But, but also, I think, you know, there's opportunity for affiliate companies, secondary, downstream, if you will, companies to actually have as startups to support these these companies, these organizations. That could be, you know, if you've got 150, 150 high-quality jobs moving into an area, that means that there's opportunity for catering and restaurants and, you know, uh, car washes or whatever it might be to support these people that are coming into the community. So it's not just those jobs, but it's the second, it's the multiplier effect, if you will, right? Oh, Absolutely, and it's building the tax base. You know, when yes. we're when we're having serious conversations about the funding needed for public education or the infrastructure, our roads, and keeping those, you know, in in tip top condition, um, it all comes back to um, foundational issues like our tax base and how many people are working in West Virginia and what types of jobs they're able to find and what they're feeding back into local economies, as you said. Um, you know, those small businesses that benefit from manufacturing and, and other business investment. Um, so certainly making sure that, that we set up a framework 
um, and have an environment where it's easier um, to invest and do business is is important. And from a long-range perspective, um, certainly a way to create a more sustainable economy. Absolutely. So again, that, that kind of speaks to the advocacy uh, aspect of the West Virginia Manufacturers Association. Can you talk a little bit, Rebecca, about <clears throat> the support you you give? Say if you know, say if I want to you know start a company in West Virginia, I want to start this manufacturing organization. Maybe it's you know five or six person operation. It, it, what kind? What's What's the advantage for a company like myself to join West Virginia Manufacturers Association? What kind of support do you that give me as a as a small entrepreneur starting up? Sure, we we have we have a, first of all we have a great working relationship with the West Virginia Office of Development, um, which is one of the first places that I point anyone who has an interest in investing in the state. Yeah, um, you know there are incentive programs and loan programs and just overall kind of um, help in planning um, the business startup, if you will, in West Virginia. So we've worked hard to build that relationship and to partner with the development office on a lot of initiatives. Um, so, So that's something that we bring to the table. I think that maybe even more importantly, especially as a small company, um, the diversity in our WVMA membership isn't just in product or geography. It's in size of company. You know, we have companies that have thousands of employees, and we have companies that have two or three employees. Um, obviously, those are very different operations, but mm-hmm. through the WVMA network um, that we're, we've established over now more than 100 years of, of representing manufacturers in West Virginia, um, we have a wealth of knowledge. Um, we have a lot of different working groups that our members can participate in um, that really provide a valuable resource. Mm. Um, so if you're if you're the small manufacturer that's wearing ten hats and maybe don't have a specialty, say in an environmental health and safety, you know you can pull from our resources um, in that subject matter from some of the companies that maybe have three or four people working in that area that have experience That's with huge. certain issues. Yeah. yeah, I mean, same thing <clears throat> with HR or, mm-hmm. or other things. I mean, manufacturing is a unique environment, so um, we have a lot of folks a lot of folks that we can work with. That's, that's absolutely awesome. Yeah, the thing that uh, hearing you talk about that, I, it's a recurring theme on this podcast over the last year and a half or so is that uh, a lot of these entrepreneurs start out, you know, that I talk to anyway, start out thinking, this is my path. This is what I'm doing. I've got my, and, and every single time that, that they reach out to an organization like yours or one of the state, uh, you know, SBA or the small business um, development uh, center, there's no harm in asking for a little help. You know, oftentimes I find that these entrepreneurs, men, women in the state of West Virginia starting these things, they get to a point and then they reach out for a little bit of help and it's it's a game changer. And I think having resources out there, you know, that you can tap into like WVMA and what you're doing is is powerful because um, oftentimes there's this feeling of isolation. You know, you're out there you know, on this ship by yourself trying to steer the thing, but there's lots of help out there, and, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely, and and you know we we've 
really modified over the last few years. Um, it is a technology-driven world, right? So right, right. here we are on a podcast today, something <laughs> that, you know, five or six or ten years ago, someone would have said, what, what, what is that? Right. Um, we do a lot of our meetings and, um, and programs via um, online meeting. Um, so that if you are the small manufacturer that can't take um, a half a day from the plant to travel to a meeting and participate, that you can, um, in effect, face-to-face <coughs> or you know, video yeah. chat to video chat, sure. meet with other um, colleagues and peers. Um, and, and, and I think that does make a difference. Um, it is challenging to feel isolated and alone. And I think over the last few years, we've really been able to focus our efforts um, outside of the Capitol on connecting our members better and creating that strength of, of network. That is excellent. Excellent. I want to take a, a second, Rebecca, just to mention some of the incredible sponsors we have for Positively West Virginia. And they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. It's the support we receive from these organizations that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Uh, Again, our guest today is Rebecca McPhail. She's the uh, president of West Virginia Manufacturers Association. Uh, Rebecca, thank you again for being on the podcast. Uh, This is an excellent conversation. I want to jump back into it. You know, if you could talk about uh, WVMA, what is the vision long term for your organization? Well, our mission as an organization is to improve the health and well-being of manufacturing in West Virginia. Um, That is a very broad, um, I think, mission, but it encompasses, um, I think, some very important elements of of manufacturing and growth of our industry and um, the health of the environment for investing in manufacturing. So, as, as we've discussed, policy and advocacy, advocacy is a big piece of that. Workforce development and talent pipeline um, is a big piece of that. And our, our networking and strengthening um, manufacturing is, is an element of that. Of course, we want to be a very integral part in creating um, more manufacturing jobs through those concentrated efforts in, in policy and advocacy and workforce and, and networking. Um, I think from the perspective of what we really want to see in terms of association growth goes back to the fundamental um, overall growth of our industry. And, and you know um, that we've, we've had some ups and downs in manufacturing. 30 years ago, the landscape was very different. Um, I think at, at the peak in West Virginia, we had um, 80,000 manufacturing jobs. We're down to 48,000. But we We've been coming up over the last few years. I think that is a trend that isn't unlike um, manufacturing nationally. Um, we did see a fall off in our industry. It's a very competitive environment. Um, you know, it's a global economy, not just a, a, a national economy or a regional economy. So when you're talking about West Virginia getting a company like Procter and Gamble or attracting someone mm-hmm. like Rockwool, yeah. we've we've presented. Um, a stronger case for investment than any other state or any other country. And yeah. I think that is pretty remarkable. That is. Absolutely. It's a huge, huge shift from even, you know, 
10 years ago, right? So <clears throat> when I think about manufacturing, you know, of course, the, the, the heavy hitters are things like chemicals and primary metals. Um, we talked about Toyota, motor vehicles, Hino, uh, petroleum and coal products. Those are some of the, you know, fabrication, metal, you know, wood products, obviously, in West Virginia. And one of the interesting things that I've, I've uh, been discovering uh, here this past year and a half on the podcast is uh, these what I call food and beverage product manufacturers, right? Uh, craft beer and wine and just, you know, I, we had um, uh, Appalachian Distillery on. And, you know, they're manufacturing bourbon and, you know, corn whiskey. And, and, and I see a pro- proliferation of these kinds of companies that I don't remember being around 20 years ago, you know. Uh, could you speak maybe to some of those smaller type of manufacturing jobs and, and companies that are, that are hitting the, the forefront of, like, our, our economy right now and it's maybe even things that are coming? Could, are you able to talk a little bit about that? Well, just today um, here in Charleston, there was a grand opening of a new distillery on the corner of Capitol Street and um, <laughs> and awesome. Canal Boulevard. Um, the Craft Brewing uh, Association is a member of the WVMA, the Guild, um, and is a great partner. I think it, this whole concept or this whole idea of a new manufacturing isn't just related to um, the technology in today's manufacturing world. I really do think there's an emphasis on um, what I, I often refer to as kind of artisan manufacturing. Yes, yes. Um, it is I love a smaller, that. Yeah. more homegrown um, element of, of the manufacturing sector that hasn't always been equated because, as you said, you're thinking about, you know, the big the big names in manufacturing, like, yeah. um, you know, Dow Chemical or Toyota or uh, Hino and, and, and Eagle Manufacturing. Right. So it is a shift from what people are used to um, with regard to industry, but it certainly is um, something that has tremendous potential. Um, we've seen that growth, as you've indicated, over just the last few years. Um, in West Virginia, and, and we, we think, um, based on what we saw during this legislative session, that um, legislative leaders are recognizing that potential and are looking at ways to encourage investment in those areas to make it easier for that type of business to grow and thrive in the state, and I, I think that's something that we should all we should all celebrate Absolutely. Uh, for a lot of reasons, the least yeah. of which is that is great <laughs> <laughs> exactly and you know i think um you know when i think about west virginia and i think of you know like a, 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 a venue like tamarack and you see all the amazing artisans we sort of have that eclectic um artist um community in lots of different pockets around the state of west virginia we have our culture and our history and i just think that lends itself so well the other thing i wanted to kind of mention and maybe pick your brain for a minute on is you know, <clears throat> I had John Deskins on. He and I talk quite a bit from WVU School of Business and Economics, and we talk about, you know, economic diversity. And he says, you know, West Virginia's economy has to diversify. What that looks like, I don't know. That's what he says, you know. I, I know it has to diversify, but I'm not sure what that looks like. And I think these, you know, all these different things in this that the term you used, um, artisan manufacturing, I think that could play a, a huge role because I'm of the opinion that 
yes, I love when Toyota makes this big announcement or PNG or Rockwell. Those are awesome, and I love it. Keep it coming. And thank you for the work you're doing on that. Uh, but I also believe that, you know, entrepreneurial uh, ventures, uh, you know, mom-and-pop shops, you know, my company, I've got 10 employees. Um, those types of companies are extremely important for the future of West Virginia, just as much as landing 150 jobs in one fell swoop. Totally agree. And, and something that I think a lot of folks tend to forget when they see a big company is that it started out somewhere, yeah. um, that, that all big companies started out as a small business at some point um, in, in their life cycle. Um, so when, when you talk about economic diversity, I, I do think that you're right. That's, that's not just, um, you know, just one sector. It's not just energy. It's not just manufacturing. It's not just, um, banking or healthcare. Um, it's, it's all of the above and it's all of the new technology mm. and, um, the new areas of focus that can pull into that. I think also what, what comes with that economic diversity, especially when you look at the manufacturing sector, um, is, is innovation. And, and that's not, just, you know, new products, but that's research that drives improvement in our processes. It's research and um, uh, innovation that develops more sustainable practices mm -hmm. in manufacturing um, that creates products that, that provide sustainability, um, whether that's, you know, in, in home insulation or solar manufacturing or um, medication and, and medicine. Um, manufacturers, I think, are in the business of improving um, our lives and mm. having that, that goal in mind um, when we talk about economic diversity um, kind of makes it, you know, the sky's, sky's the limit um, for what we can do here, where we're positioned uh, geographically, but in the resources that we have and as an energy producing state, which is a big part of a manufacturing economy. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, I love that. <clears throat> Great value just added to the conversation right there. I love that attitude as well that you carry. Rebecca, what's, what's one piece of advice you would give to a young business owner or an entrepreneur with an idea in West Virginia? What's one piece of advice you would give them? Oh, gosh. I, I think most importantly, um, probably to not be discouraged. Um, I, I think when you start putting the pieces together, um, it can be daunting because, as you know, Jim is, a, is an entrepreneur. There's a lot of information, a lot of resources, um, and, and while it's all fantastic, it can be overwhelming. Right. Um, so I think um, jumping in with realistic expectations and realistic timelines um, and not being afraid to ask for help. Um, are probably kind of the, the, the beginnings of a recipe to be successful. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. What's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success, Rebecca? I, I think um, this is maybe going to sound a little silly, but I think getting out for a run early in the morning or a workout early in the morning kind of mitigates, um, you know, all of the thoughts that are rolling around in my head and gives me <laughs> a little bit of clarity um, going into my day and, and has become really an essential part of, um, of my routine. 
Um, And and ultimately looking um, down the road at the future that I want my kids to be able to have here in the state um, is a real motivator and something that even through the times of frustration keeps me moving forward. Absolutely. What's one resource that you use uh, in your day-to-day running of the of the business there the organization that you just can't live without oh would it be too uh, too um obvious to say um my my iphone um, <laughs> <laughs> um i i say that half jokingly but i mean really um the network that i have in my board and our members um i think that network whether it's you know being able to ping someone uh, via email or drop a text and ask a question and 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 have um, that network to to reach out to when there is something that I'm just not quite sure um, you know how to move beyond or or how to push forward. Um, that's something that's that you can't really you, it's it's too um, it's priceless. You can't really assess a value because I'm not sure how. Um, how I would go go day to day without yeah, that. That's great. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Oh gosh, um, this is this is a tough one. Um, it's going to be. It's not really a book. Well, maybe it is a book. It's kind of a, a self help yeah. um, book that I read probably 15 years ago. It's called The Totally Responsible Person. I can't even remember who the author is, but I'm sure Google would be able to find that. Um, but it really teaches the reader about personal responsibility and accountability, which is something that I'm not sure we talk enough about in today's business world, um, not being the victim, mm. but instead um, kind of taking charge and owning um, your successes and your failures, um, using those to um, provide you know direction and a path forward so that you don't continue to make the same mistakes over and over again but really helping maintain a positive outlook and a positive trajectory in whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whether that's at work or at home um, or just, you know, personal goals. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's great. Yeah. On our, um, we have a, our, our resources page on positivelywv.com and we have books. Every, every guest that comes on, I ask that question and we have a link right to Amazon. You can buy the books. We'll make sure we get that on the list. That's uh, We've not had that one yet so far. Rebecca, this has been awesome uh, for the last half hour or so, just having you on. Um, how? Um, what's the best way for people to learn more about your organization and maybe even get in touch with you? What's the best way that they can do that? Sure, Jen. They can go to www.wvma.com. That's our website. Um, they can reach me by email. Um, that is also on the website along with our phone number. I am uh, pretty well glued to my phone and very <laughs> responsive to email. Awesome. Um, so that's always a great way to get a hold of us. And certainly there's information about um, our upcoming events, the one that you mentioned next month in um, in Morgantown, but also um, what it means to be a member of the WVMA and how you can how you can do that. That's awesome. Yeah, and we'll make sure we have links to all that stuff in the show notes of the uh, section. To, uh, Rebecca, in, in closing, is, is there anything you'd like to add? We covered a lot of ground. I really appreciate the opportunity to pick your brain a little bit, and the insight that you've delivered today has been awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? 
I, I just I would encourage folks um, to get to know the manufacturer in their local community. One thing that um, I think our industry does that that might be unique um, or maybe isn't, but I think is important to point out is is how integral manufacturers are in their communities. They become kind of a community um, center. They they are great partners. Um, in addition to being employers, they really take an interest in supporting uh, their home com- communities. You look at someone like Eagle Manufacturing in yeah. Wellsburg and what that means. Um, yeah. Smaller manufacturers um, like Marble King um, and what a staple they've become. Or Homer Laughlin, China, um, you know, one of the few remaining China manufacturers, uh, yeah. maybe the only uh, remaining China China manufacturer. I mean, they are such an integral part of the communities in which they operate. And um, and I'm not sure that when you drive past that big factory that everyone knows what's happening there. But but I challenge your listeners to take take the time uh, to get to know the manufacturers in their area. I love that. It's great uh, great piece of wisdom there. Thank you so much. And Rebecca, thank you for your time. This has been awesome. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to talk to you. I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Rebecca McPhail and her organization, the West Virginia Manufacturers Association, our hope is that we in some way inspire you all by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. There's a lot to be inspired about, especially the things we heard today. If you or someone you know of would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And of course, we appreciate the positive current uh, comments, the words of encouragement, the notes that we receive. You guys are just awesome out there, and we really appreciate that. Uh, And we appreciate you sharing these stories on your social media channels as well. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.